Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bibles with you, if you want to go ahead and turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, and while you're turning there, I hope you're not too distracted as I share with you some important information. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about for weeks, even months now, about the progression of God's vision for our church and you know, where we believe that the Lord is leading us and been kind of teasing you just a little bit with some uh, warnings against date setting. You know. uh, but now uh, the time does appear to draw nigh and I'm ready to share some dates with you today. Amen. Are you ready for that? So, for those of you that are just joining us, we're getting ready to do a major overhaul here in this uh, meeting space and in our foyer area, and uh, it's going to displace us from this worship space for some time. However, we know that our God is not limited by space. He's not confined by four walls, uh, that God can move just as well uh, any place as he can one place. And uh, so we have been prepping, spent the last several weeks prepping uh, this area down the hallway here for us uh, to have our gathered worship in for the next several months. I did say months, uh, so that's plural. Um, And a lot more than one, okay? So, uh, but we're going to be down here for several months, but God is not bound. I just, I cannot overemphasize that because all through that time, all through that span, we need you to be praying. We need you to be believing and just continuing to look for God, look to God. As a matter of fact, let me tell you how unlimited God is in, in that the very first Sunday that we meet in our new worship space, our temporary worship space, we're baptizing people. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So, so that's pretty cool. Um, but so, anyway, back to my story. I see you're on the edge of your seats here. Um, October 15. October 15 is going to be our last Sunday in this room for a while. And October 22 then subsequently will be our first Sunday down in the, in the temp space. And uh, we're just expecting miracles as we go down there. Amen? Amen. One more thing real quick. I thought you'd be more excited about that, but... Anyway, um, let, me, let me mention this. Uh, connect groups. Wow. If you, if you are not part of a connect group, you need to be a part of a connect group, okay? That is a, that is a life-giving source uh, among the body of Christ, and it is incredible to be a part of it. Now, here's, here's one thing that I want to I talk to you about, Okay. Um, we have a limited number of groups, and we'd really like to see that number of groups rise. So if the Lord would put it on your heart, possibly to lead, host a group, I want you to talk to Pastor Jared Purvis as soon as possible, our Connections Pastor. He leads that part of our ministry, and he will point you in all the right directions. We'll get you trained and understanding what needs to be done, get you prepped for the next semester, taken off with some new groups and things. But that being said, all of these groups that we have, they have a capacity, okay? 
And we want to have as much available space for everybody to be a partaker of the blessing that comes along with being a part of a connect group. So I want to ask you this, um, that if you're attending a, a group, that is fabulous. If you're attending two, three, or more groups, understand that you're kind of missing the heart of what it is to be a part of a connect group because to be a part of a connect group we're looking for you to connect with people on a deeper level not just make acquaintances we have several other avenues for you to do that we have connect groups through the uh we have uh growth groups with the ladies uh, women's ministry we've got man events here at the church we've got all kinds of other avenues for that level of connection matter of fact i just mentioned one earlier and that was to serve do you know one of the best ways to start meeting people is to start serving and uh, you will meet more people than you ever imagined if you just start serving okay so if you're looking just to meet people connect groups is not your avenue that's not the intended purpose so i want to ask you just prayerfully consider that one group and get plugged in there and really bring value and add to the life of that group okay because we want to we want to be able to bless as many people as possible along the way does that sound good are you ready for the word this morning all right let's go let's go let's go all right so <clears throat> we've been we're in our third week now of our series how to change the world and i believe it's possible i just i really do on some scope some scale it's possible Okay, we've been hearing testimonies, even talking about Connect Group. Last week at our Connect Group, we actually heard from some of our members ways they shared that, you know, not, not bragging, but just saying, hey, I, I really feel like the Lord used me in this way. And that's okay for us to reflect and understand how the Lord has used us. Um, so they said, I really feel like the Lord has used us in this regard in changing the world. And it was just so refreshing to hear that. And I hope that through these messages that you are beginning to realize or at least be reminded that you have potential as a world changer. You have potential as a world changer. God has put you at your place, your station of life for such a time as this. He wants to use you to affect change in the world around you. And it's his desire for you and I to be salt and light in our little corner of the world or maybe even in a larger portion of the world than you ever dreamed possible. But God wants to use you. I want you to turn again to the person next to you. We're going to do this a lot today, okay? Just get used to it. It's okay. I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to say, I'm here to change the world. And listen, as you make that profession, I pray that you're being challenged to dream bigger dreams and allow yourself to imagine greater possibilities than ever before as you realize that the Holy Spirit can and will lead your life to greater purpose. God can and will anoint your efforts. God will extend his favor to those who prepare to meet his calling. And if God is for us, who can stand against us. And I hope that propels you to greater things in the Lord. Amen? So the subject of the day, as we, as we look with faith-filled eyes towards the call of God and the limitless potential that he places in front of us, we have to have our minds tempered with this thought. Anything worth having, anything worth accomplishing, 
will not come to us, will not happen for us, void of struggle or opposition. I'm going to say it again. Anything worth having, anything worth accomplishing will not come to us, will not happen for us, void of strain, struggle, or opposition. If I were to pass off to Pastor Lisa this morning and allow her to share with you, she would tell you of the numerous times that I am somewhere on the cusp of doing the next thing until, and I'm all jazzed, I'm all excited about it, until it comes to the effort and the energy expended in doing the next thing. And then as I'm doing the next thing, I'm moaning and whining about all of the opposition in doing the next thing. That's when, in godly wisdom, she looks at me and says, anything... (laughs) worth having anything worth accomplishing will not come to us will not happen for us void of strain struggle or opposition Paul saw the potential in the life of a young man by the name of Timothy and therefore he wrote letters of encouragement to him that are now books of the Bible that bear his name we read those first and second Timothy all the time and in those letters Paul is encouraging Timothy and he's offering guidance and direction and he knows well this idea that things that are worth having aren't don't always come free or void of sacrifice and he writes to Timothy knowing the adversity that's faced in his own life Paul speaks this word of encouragement to Timothy and I love to read it from the King James Version actually it says you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and the counsels of Paul to Timothy is this even though adversity may stand in his way The plan and the power of God are greater still, but there are times when we must simply stand in faithfulness to God's calling even in the hard times. And today, I want to speak to you about being faithful in adversity. Now, if you are much of a sports fan, then you have no doubt heard the term before, fair weather fan right you you know what a fair weather fan is right I mean uh, as long as it's a winning season if we can ever get above 500 if it looks like we're headed for the playoff man these guys they show up to work every day repping right they're ready to go every single day as long as we're winning But when we have a poor season, when we have a poor season, when the team's not doing so hot, then all of a sudden the the fanfare all falls flat. There's no, we're not as excited about it. You know what, I'm, I'm, and I'm standing here today looking at a Miami Dolphins cap, and I know when you see that, you know that that's not a fair weather fan. Sold out. And I want to tell you something. That's the way you and I need to be about the call and the purpose of God. Sold out 100% in the good times, in the bad times, the hard times, the in-between times. We need to be faithful to the call of God. 
And I, I don't know about you, but at this point, I'm really rooting for Nehemiah. I, I'm just pulling for this guy to be able to bring this project that he's been working on to completion. Why? Because as a, as a, as a, as a pursuer of God's call, God's plan, God's purpose, he has been so available. He has been so wise in his leadership. He has been so precise in his handling of affairs. And I, I'm rooting for him. And I want to tell you today, church, as you are pursuing the call of God on your life, I am rooting for you also. I'm just praying and believing God that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. I am praying and believing God that he is making you the head and not the tail. I am praying and believing God that he is rising you up above your adversaries and that he is establishing your feet. And that he's prospering the work of your hands. Now, it's always fun to cheer for the underdog, isn't it? There, there wasn't a neighbor for hundreds of miles that was happy about the restoration of the Jewish community. There were those who were certain that the restoration of Jerusalem would spell certain distress for the entire region, and th there were many who made it a point to oppose the work that was being done in Jerusalem. And I, I just want to add something here to that and say to you, that everybody won't always be happy with what God's doing in your life. Everybody won't always be happy with what God's doing in your life. From the great prophet Taylor Swift, haters. <laughs> gonna hate. Hate, hate. It, it's just true. Can I tell you something, church? This is one place where you're going to determine in yourself if you're going to live for the praise of man or the glory of God, but you may not always have both. And, and here they are. The, the work is getting done. Chapter 5, there was a great upset within the camp itself. There, was, there were those opposing, uh, operating unjustly towards one another. Nonetheless, by the end of the chapter, we find that the wall has been completely rebuilt. There are no gaps, no areas of compromise in that wall. The only thing that's missing were the doors in the gateways. And it may seem at this time that Nehemiah's foes would just concede defeat and accept the fact that God was on Nehemiah's side. The walls were restored and there wasn't a thing they could do about it. It was done. But from the very beginning, however, there have been a couple of guys named Sam Ballot, Tobiah, we've talked about them several times along the way, who have made it a point to be a thorn in the side and to do everything they could to destroy and discourage and tear down everything that Nehemiah had built up. And, and I sense that there are some of you that are getting ready to help me preach right now. I just declare that prophetically, especially when you learn the tactics that they're about to employ in trying to keep Nehemiah from his goals. Because the truth of the matter is, I know that your adversary is crafting and cunning, but he's not creative. Because what he's been doing for centuries and millennia, he is still doing today. 
in the tactics that he employs. It's just repackaged, relabeled, and presented to you in a different way, but it's the same old story. Same old thing, over and over. And as we look at this part of the story, I urge you not to spend so much time in the rearview mirror today rehearsing the old hurts and the betrayals and the lies that you've been told to you and about you. And if you need to lay those things on the altar, we'll try to offer some time at the close of this service to do so. But today, I want you to take Nehemiah's example to heart and I want you to put it into practice in your own life moving forward. I want you to say this out loud with me today. My time is too valuable, my call too important to entertain foolishness. My time is too valuable, my call too important to entertain foolishness. All right, that's number two. You ready? Number three, let's go together. My time is too valuable, my call too important to entertain foolishness. You are free in the name of Jesus, right? Right there. You, I just, what we're about to read is probably resonant in the lives of the majority today. You've all encountered this sort of activity. For some of you, it's been a great hindrance. Many times in my life, it has posed itself as a great hindrance. And this is not to beat anyone up or down, but simply to say that our time is too valuable and our call is too important to entertain foolishness. Now, turn your attention with me to Nehemiah chapter 6, and in verse 1, we read these words. It says, Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of the enemies, <laughs> the rest of our, what, what kind of a list is this? Come on, y'all. They already named three, and now, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Samballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come and let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. They thought to do me harm. Now, in these opening verses of chapter 6, here's what's really happening. Can I tell you that the adversary wants to live rent-free in your head? And he wants to converse with you and he wants to call you aside from the forward progress and the momentum of God's calling in your life. Not to help you, not to assist you, not to aid you, but to deter you, to stop you, to stall you. And, and in these opening, these enemies are seeking for him to stop his work, come out of the city to a meeting spot that they picked out that will be just right. It's like, old buddy, old pal, Nehemiah, we just want you to come out and talk with us. But Nehemiah isn't fooled. He sees through the facade here, and he knew from past experiences that these men intended to do him harm. So Nehemiah, let me paraphrase Nehemiah's response back, and he says, my time is too valuable, and my call is too important to entertain foolishness. Ain't got time for you, devil. Don't waste your time on me. 
right? So four times, four times they, they tried to get Nehemiah to come out. And when they saw that they couldn't get Nehemiah uh, this way, they immediately ramped up their pressure with a new tactic to deter him from the task at hand. And here's their next step. Their next step in partnership with Geshem was an open letter against Nehemiah. A.K.A. in today's generation, you have this friend. This friend becomes dissatisfied with who you are. And suddenly there appears a passive-aggressive Facebook post and you know it's all about you. What do we do about that past? Nothing. Some, sometimes just there's the blessing of nothing. Just doing nothing. Just resting in the Lord. Letting it go. And being confident in who God's called you to be. And the work that he's doing in your life. So you ever had one of those moments when somebody wanted to tell you what they heard about you? And you're just thinking to yourself, oh boy, this ought to be rich. Nehemiah's having one of those moments right now. People come. This is what's been reported. It's been reported that the Jews are planning to rebel against the Babylonians once their building project is complete. That Nehemiah himself has set himself up to be the king of this new, newly formed people here. That he's going to revolt against King Artaxerxes who gave him the privilege of being present and also the resources to make this thing happen. And this is like a tremendous, if, if, you, if you see what's going on here, they're just saying, listen, we're just inviting the adversaries right back in to tear down everything that you've done if you don't comply with what we want you to do. Can I tell you today that your adversary, the devil, the word says that he goes about as a roaring lion? Can I tell you that it's some of the shortest words in Scripture that we need to pay the most heed? Because we understand that our, our, our adversary roars like a lion. But what we need to understand is that in the Scripture, there's that little word there, as, A-S. It's, it's what we call in English a simile. It means in the similitude of. It means that he's there and he's kind of fronting just a little bit because he's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour that means that he cannot just devour at will but he has to be given the permission he has to be given the leeway somebody's got to lay down and play dead in order for him to have his way and until you lay down and play dead there's no weapon formed against you there's no growl that is broadcast in your life that carries any weight as long as you're standing on the truth of what God has said about you. Let him howl. Let him growl. It's okay. God's word about you is unchanged. And, and here they are. They're, it's a threat that certainly King, the king being Artaxerxes for whom Nehemiah had worked and, and the very king who had permitted him to leave on this task if this word gets back to Babylon, they're coming in and they're like, Nehemiah, we're going to tell it. Dude, if you don't comply, we're going to tell it. Stop what you're doing right now. And Nehemiah says, and I sent them this reply. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. Again, I want to go back and say that your adversary lives rent-free between your ears most of the time and he comes against you with all manner of falsehood and speaks all kinds of lies over your life that stop you in your tracks. Stop 
it. You say, Pastor, I can't help the thoughts that come into my mind. You cannot help the thoughts that come into your mind, but you have all authority because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. You can't help the thoughts that come into your head any more than you can help the birds flying over, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair. And you don't give them that space. You don't give those thoughts that space. You don't, that's not what you're standing in today. One of the most powerful things that you can learn to do is to, to endure in adversity is to be sure of who you are and learn to stand in that truth. Before you respond or react to anything, you've got to identify the source. Is that what God said about me? No, it's not. Who cares? All right? Is that what God has spoken over my life? No, it's not. Guess what? I don't care. I am standing in the truth of who God has said that I am and God's word is forever settled over my life, over this world. It's all going to be all right. I'm going to stand on the side of truth and be firmly established. I once had a gentleman come into my office. He took great pleasure, I guess. I, I didn't really know that was the purpose until he showed his hand. He came in, he said, and he began telling me all this stuff. And, and I just sat there and I was, oh, okay, okay, okay. And he finally got perturbed with me, and he said, How come? I just, I, I don't understand it. I come in here, and I tell you these things, and nothing seems to bother you. It's like, well, why are you trying to bother me? Right? <laughs> I said, let me tell you something. You didn't call me here. A body of people maybe stood in agreement with God in calling me here. But it's not a vote from a congregation that brought me here. It is nothing short of the divine appointment of God that I'm here. And until God moves me on, there's nothing that you're going to say or anybody else that's going to say that's going to change that. So I'll just stand here. I'll just sit here in this chair and rest in the truth of who God says I am. And you can go tell somebody else your rhetoric. Okay? You, let me tell you something. Some of y'all tomorrow morning... You're going to go to work and you're going to think somebody don't like you. Tell, tell the devil to take his rhetoric and go somewhere. You're going to get up tomorrow morning. You're going to go home this afternoon. You're going to look in the mirror and say, to you, the Lord's speaking to you right now. You're going to go home and look at yourself in the mirror and say, there's no way that I can be what I sense that God's calling me to be, serve the way I feel that God's calling me to serve. And I want you to tell the devil today, you take your rhetoric and go somewhere else. I know what God has spoken over my life, and I'm going to stand in the truth today, and I will not be held back from what God has in store for me. And they were, here's the thing, verse 9, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, oh God, now strengthen my hands. Amen. Nehemiah is not going to be daunted in this effort. I, I love this. So their response to that is to hire one of the local prophets. And the attempt is to scare Nehemiah into hiding. 
And again, Nehemiah sees through this ploy and he understands God's calling for his life and he had no room for him to be sidelined, to sideline himself because of the fears created by those who oppose him. I want to tell you again today that your time is too valuable, your call is too important to be sidelined by silly games. Okay? So, so here they are, and, and he understood that a godly leader does not abandon the work of the kingdom because of his personal fears. But it's got to go forward, and I want you to stand all over this place because we are about to get to the most satisfying end of the story, one of the most gratifying endings ever told in Jesus' name, okay? Verse 15 we read and and i'm going to skip over i, I want to challenge you to go back this this week and read the fuller text there of nehemiah chapter 6 but in verse 15 we finally come to this conclusion okay and at this conclusion he says so the wall was completed on the 25th day of elol 52 in 52 days in 52 days they built a wall around an entire city I can tell they didn't have a lot of bureaucracy. But in 52 days, they built a wall around an entire city. And when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done not by might, nor by power but with the help of our God and I want to encourage you today church that if you will be faithful in the face of adversity if you will be faithful in the face of hardships hard times struggle strain in the same way God will be there to help you and to undergird your work today And I want to encourage you to weigh the way that the Apostle Paul encouraged the church at Galatia. And he says to them, Galatians 6 and verse 9, Be not weary in well-doing. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, that's the hold up in this world of instant gratification we tap our foot at the microwave because it's not fast enough we've got the world the palm of our hands and a moment we can just know things it's it's a fast-paced world I want to tell you something there's a due season for you there's a due season for you and there's an adversary that lies to you every day that breathes threats against your life that speaks lies about your person that tries to assassinate your character to your own self and tries to deny the work of God in your life every day that you live but you keep on sowing you keep on sowing you keep on pressing you keep on moving you keep on operating in the gifts of the spirit you keep on you keep on moving in your gift you keep on working in your talent you keep on allowing God to have his way in your life you keep on living yielded and available and willing and you keep standing in trust and you keep plotting and you keep planning because in due season 
in due season you're gonna reap if you faint not but you've got to persevere you've got to endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ Jesus you've got to press on until you reach the place that God has for you and I want to challenge you today because difference makers and world changers don't fold just because a little trouble comes their way you've got the favor of God on your life you've got the call of God leading you his Holy Spirit is empowering you you've got everything I've got all that I need you are all that I need Don't make yourself a liar to come and sing that on Sunday morning and not live that the rest of the week. Stand in it, believe in it, press on through it, knowing that Jesus is there with you. Come on, church. Let's go. Let's change the world for the kingdom of God. Pursue his purpose and live your life to the fullest. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.